Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have predictions, predictions, predictions. We have your AEW Double or Nothing predictions, your WWE Night of Champions predictions, your NXT Battleground predictions. Mercedes Monet suffers a very unfortunate injury, and we are not going to mention CM. Shut your fucking mouth. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Well played. Well played. <laughs> you didn't give me a heads up and night. You just did that shit. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. that Memorial Day One-ish. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's some good shit. Good shit, Bo. Good shit. Nice delivery. Same shit. I shouldn't say same shit. It has been a week of leisure, like I said off air. I have hardly worked this week, so I've caught up on a lot of shit. Shit that we don't talk about. Shit that I like to enjoy. But we're going to talk about it all because this is a jam-packed fucking episode. So on that lovely note, I will ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read for the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 309, chapter 3, verse 14 of the Good Smart saying, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. I'm ready to do this shit, man. I ain't gonna fuck around. No need to filibuster. Let's do it. Dan out there in Portland, Oregon, making his triumphant return to the podcast. We have three beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on? Three beer. BFR West in the house. Oh, man. Good to be back. Uh, so much to talk about. Uh, they're slowing down. We're gearing in the summer. I am fully caught up on BOSJ and all of the standard stuff for the, what feels like the first time in months. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. We are coming at you from beautiful South City, St. Louis, my my home for 16 <laughs> years. I love this place until I have to drive in it now, and I'm like, you motherfuckers. There's so many fucking stoplights. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm yelling at people. I'm fucking screaming. But now I'm good. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome to my life. You motherfuckers. Pull over shit. Oh, man. Bo just sent me a great AKA. We're going to have to do that for next week. That is really good, Bo. Thanks. Uh, don't look at it, Jason. I can't see it that far yeah. down. Uh, so, like Jason said, there's so much to talk about. Uh, I have a hard out here in about an hour and 45 minutes. I think we should be able to do this in an hour and 45 minutes, right? I mean, and when I say hard out in an hour and 45 minutes, I mean, I'm no. going to be 15 minutes late and it's going to take two hours. So, without further ado, this motherfucker. Let's get to that three count. JCB, kick it off. So, we're going to do things a little differently since we are prediction loaded. We're going to talk about a little New Japan. Sorry, dog. So, just fast forward from this point on. Two things to talk about. Obviously, Resurgence was on Saturday. Saturday night sounds right. Mm -hmm. Sunday. Was it Saturday? It was Saturday. Saturday. Okay. It was late night Saturday. Um, And then, obviously, BSOJ. We can kind of cut to BSOJ first because I think that's the more important story to talk about. Uh, if you haven't been keeping track, 
we'll just jump to the chase. Um, we're down to the semifinals of the Best of the Super Juniors 30. On one side, the A block winner, Mike Speedball Bailey. And the runner-up, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is Teton, who won late, beat Hiromu. I know that's the big name that people were waiting for from the A block. A block was loaded, and they snuck in a little upset in Teton, who gets the runner-up spot. On the B block side, you have El Desperado winning the block, and Master Wado finally starting to break out a little bit in this tournament. He had a lot of wins coming down the stretch. He even won in the last night and had to wait to figure out his Fate, but he gets the runner-up spot. So you have the final four, Mike Bailey and Teton on the A block side, on the B block side, Desperado and uh, uh, Master Wado. So in this format, you will have the A block winner, Mike Speedball Bailey, face the B block runner-up in Master Wado. That's your one semifinal. And on the other side, obviously, you'd have Teton versus El Desperado. Those two winners obviously face off, and then you would have the best of the Super Junior winner. Um, I'll flip it to the Zach because I've watched it all. We're going to talk about it on PSP here in a little bit. I'll let you talk about things you like, things you didn't like, highlights of the tournament match-wise. Man, so many good matches. Um, this is just such a breeze to watch because for the most part until the last couple days where we're getting down to the wire uh it's pretty much just been tournament matches and the tournament matches are varied in length and style i mean they're all junior heavyweights but uh man everybody has like different style and everybody can fucking go and it is so fun um standouts obviously i think this is going to, I mean, New Japan is still a niche kind of market for American pro wrestling fans, but I think there's a lot of people that are going to really appreciate uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. I know he does like some impact stuff, but just every match with him has been a delight. Um, early on, his match with Hiromu was the best of the tournament, but uh, was superseded um, by a ton of different matches. My favorite guy in this whole tournament besides him has been uh, Francisco Akira because I've seen him you know he's paired with uh, TJP does the junior tag stuff but just seeing him in singles matches he's like 23 or something uh, he probably had my favorite match of the whole tournament with Desperado who has also been an absolute standout uh, which is just understandable uh, I mean <laughs> that's no surprise to anybody SOB, but, baby. Uh, yeah Dude is absolutely phenomenal. So, um, Francisco Akira has been an absolute delight to watch. His match with Robbie Eagles was phenomenal. I think if, um, you know, you're watching his match with Despy, that's like an absolute masterclass and like working a body part and then, uh, just like a single body part and then doing like a storytelling match. Uh, his match with Robbie Eagles is kind of a match that I would show to a non wrestling fan to show them what. Uh, New Japan, like junior heavyweight action, is all about. Um, just yeah, like uh, I can I can gush on a ton of them, but pretty much almost any match with uh, with Mike Bailey, uh, like you said, the the standout for Hiromu. Um, he did not, you know, win the block. He's won the last three entire tournaments. Didn't even win the block. Lost in the finals to Teton, which was or not finals, but lost in like the final match, which was a huge upset. Uh, Teton, a younger guy, um, lots of different upsets uh, going through the tournament. Kashida going two and seven, 
I mean, before Hiromu and before Kushida left to go to NXT, he was the face of the division. He was the ace of the New Japan Junior Heavyweight division and him going two and seven along with, uh, I think, um, uh, Taguchi is also two and seven, which maybe a little less surprising, but Taguchi has been a backbone of that division for, I mean, since I've been watching and probably over a decade. So, um, is kind of a changing of the guard, uh, but like this has just been a fun tournament. I, I don't want to uh, take up too much time talking about it. Just go watch it. Bill, what do you think? Uh, I know so you've you gotten I, limited on it, but... Yeah, I've dipped in a couple times. I did see the Desperado-Akira match because uh, somebody put on Twitter how great it was. That, that match fucking ruled. Um, I guess my biggest... Listen... I'm, I'm going to ask you guys. You guys have clearly watched more than me. I've really only watched seven or eight matches, like not a whole bunch. But uh, what I want to ask you guys, is there a single match that, because of the nonstop freight train pace of the BOSJ, is there a match that might have gotten, uh, that you think has gotten kind of, put to the back burner so to speak that nobody's talking about that you think is one that people should go and seek out because obviously uh you know people are especially american audiences are going to want to go watch leo rush they're going to watch uh hiromu uh i don't think that mike bailey's much of a surprise being up there but mike bailey is certainly more recognizable to american audiences to a, than a lot of these people is there a match that People should go seek out maybe one that they haven't seen yet. Um, Jason. I'll just jump in because it's it's two guys that I personally like that aren't big names, but as the tournament went along on the final night, you had Clark Connors and Dan Maloney on the B-block side. So Dan Maloney is one of the – well, he is the newest uh, member of – United Empire, Clark Connors, obviously the newest member of Bullet Club. Both kind of wrestle the same way, pretty aggressive styles. Neither guy is going to take a step back. And as the tournament progressed, you could tell that these two were basically gunning for each other. They knew they were going to face each other on the final night. Both were coming in with injuries. Um, Clark Connors' knee separated shoulder for Dan Maloney, and they did not miss a beat the first five minutes was basically them beating the shit out of each other outside of the ring, and then it finally got into the ring, and then you had a nice in-ring match. So just for guys that you probably don't know or maybe seen a couple of times and you know maybe want to see a little more, that would probably be the one that I would say right off the bat, cause, especially because it's recency bias. It's on the last night. And it's something that you don't really have to dig into. Now, if you want to really dig in to a match that has names that you don't know and you might want to check out, I would almost go with a couple of matches, honestly. Um, Master Wado versus Desperado I thought was really good. Desperado, obviously, we know and love on that scenario. Master Wado, um, why don't you come to your senses? Francisco Akira and Kanemaru on 519. <laughs> I thought was really good. Um, TJP and Aromu on the same night is, is good as well. I mean, it, there's there's so many matches out there that 
if there's one that you don't like on a particular night, I I don't know what to tell you. There are certain nights that were down, but I think there were like Zach said that there's enough of a buffet when it comes to this BSOJ that you can see a little bit of everything. You got people that do, do submissions. You got guys that are flying into literally the the fucking front row of the uh, the fans and shit. You got the young lions out there ba- basically being the guardrails and shit. So. Like I said, for me, I think there's there's so many matches out there that that are worth talking about, and there's certain so many people that I think should get some love that probably won't get it right now. Uh, Zach, yeah, I am happy to see Master Wado kind of break out, and uh, this is a nice little push for him. We had a lot of fun making fun of his gimmick uh, early on, and it is kind of a funny gimmick still, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, we made fun of Tai Chi's gimmick for a long time, too, and that guy rules. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, he, he's turned it around. A little bit of uh, insight into my psyche. I frequently have nightmares where, say, like uh, some irrevocable uh, event happens in my life or to the world, and then I have to, like, contemplate that. Uh, you know, like, say I'm, like, just, like, chilling out at a barbecue, and then there's, like, a massive alien ship that, like, pulls up. And it's less about the danger of aliens and just the fact that the world has changed that, like, bothers me so much, like, so suddenly, things like that. So, anyway, I had a dream that uh, there was essentially some some kind of situation like that, only it was more of, like, a, a, some kind of, like, dark presence that entered the world through, like, a tornado kind of situation. Very stranger things. The man who shows up uh, to save the day, which is not normally how these things go. I usually just wake up freaked out. Uh, Master Watto showed up looking like a Mortal Kombat character to fight this thing, looking cooler than I've ever seen him. And uh, I, I think, if I, I think of anything, just the fact that he wormed his way uh, into my uh, subconscious level, and the fact that I thought he was so cool to uh, to save the world was, um, you know, just a, just good job, Ghetto, on that push. <laughs> he got your ass. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to be able to talk about Master Watto <laughs> the same way. Without, without, <laughs> no, without doing the Eagles song. Master Watto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got the final four. All right, Zach, I'm going to put you on the spot. I already got my prediction in. I said Desperado was going to win it. You Against got, two. I said Desperado and Mike Bailey were going to be the final, and Desperado was going to win. Zach, who you got? Uh, that's exactly who I have. I it's surprising that Teton made it in because mm-hmm. um, I think I think I saw the last guy, last like pure Mexican wrestler to make it into like a finals was Doctor Wagner Jr. and that guy's like older than Jeff Jarrett, uh, so um, it's been a long time. Um, so I don't see him beating Despy, and then between Speedball and Master Watto. Just getting to the finals is it's a, it's a nice push for Watto. I think they've really uh, taken a shine to Mike Bailey, and they really want to highlight him. So that makes sense to me. And between the two of them, uh, I feel like Despy's your pat hand. Uh, you know, if they want to, if they really want to make a star, they could go with Mike Bailey. But uh, I'm leaning the same way you are, Bill. Uh, I mean, Mike Bailey had a crazy weekend during wrestlemania weekend he fought he fought like five matches uh i this is the only guy that i think this compacted bsoj schedule doesn't really affect 
because he's used to doing this shit. Yes, he, it's like a couple weeks off. Right, right. He is a he's a workhorse. And For sure. Not, not saying these uh, the no, rest of no, them no, aren't, no, no. but uh, you know, I'll 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 take Mike Bailey. Uh, I'll take Mike Bailey versus Desperado. I feel like Desperado's already kind of made. Um, but yeah, I'll take Mike Bailey just to be fun. I, I do want to see this. I do want to see both these matches. And uh, one last thing before we move on to resurgence. I'm, I, I have the Wikipedia page pulled up. There is only one person in this tournament that does not have their own Wikipedia page, and people need to get on it. Do you guys want to guess who that person is? Uh, it's Doki. Only one person in the whole tournament? Uh, oh, man. That makes, that he does not have sense. a Wikipedia page. That kind of makes sense. But he's cool. Uh, no, no. Doki, I'm a Doki fan. It, like I said, there you I, go. One of the guys that I thought should pretty get surprising. the surprising. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna create a Wikipedia page for Doki, and I'm going to say that he wrote Desperado by the Eagles and gave it to Don Henley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, let's move on to NJPW Strong Resurgence. Which was real quick. Sure, he wrote it, but he couldn't. He couldn't perform it on stage. Hence the Doki Choki. So that's why I had to pass it on. <laughs> NJPW Strong Resurgence was Saturday night. It was a. It was kind of a showcase for the newly. The newly developed, let's call it NJPW women's quote-unquote division because they are kind of bringing people in but okay so i watched every single match on this i didn't watch the the pre preliminary matches so i didn't see uh what's his face versus christopher daniels which i heard was pretty good alex uh, coughlin uh, alex coughlin thank you i did watch all of the main event matches so let's start at the beginning let's start with TMDK, which was Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito versus Virus and help me out, Jason. Barba Barbano Cabanero? God, you sound like you're from Mexico when no, you say that. No, I didn't. Uh, you saw, you saw <laughs> I had to take my time. <laughs> I was say, Slow down, Jason. Slow down. I want to say that this was a perfect curtain jerker this is the type of match uh, you know zach saber jr i'm a zach saber jr mark he always delivers um it, he and virus were doing some catch wrestling some submission wrestling that was off the chain like so good i hope that virus it, that's how you say it right virus yes. they don't say virus no. it's spelled virus but, but yes. they say virus yeah uh then they those two guys are from cmll mm. um I would love to see Virus get a NJPW TV title match out of this because those two guys clearly work really well together. Very fun match. Um, the CMLL guys. No, they didn't go over, did they? Yes. Oh, yeah, they went over. Yes. yes. So uh, what do you think about this match, Zach? Super overachieved. Um, I was surprised. Uh, you know, I occasionally throw on CMLL because it's on YouTube. Uh, it's a fun like Friday night show, but I was not familiar with these guys. And like you said, uh, CSJ and Virus were phenomenal, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" I was like pretty riveted uh, by the end of it. So uh, yeah, very fun curtain jerker. Did not expect it. What do you think, Jason? I don't even watch CMLL. I mean, it, you know, God forbid, it's one of the th wow. few things I don't watch. Wow! So this was two guys That's coming in. Fucking bullshit. 
so many hours in the day, man, in the week. Sure, I understand. Um, I was, I'm with Zach on this one. I had no idea what to expect. I knew ZSJ, love bad dude Tito, but the CML, CMLL guys, no idea what to respect, expect. And this overachieved. I love me some Virus. I'm with you. I want to see if you can get ZSJ through Ring of Honor, Forbidden Door, and all this other good shit. I would, even if it's not for a title, I'm at the Brian Danielson point where I just want to see these two wrestle. Put the, build the mat, make it a 20-minute match, and let them go. I thought they were that good. I'm with you on that. Their chemistry was crazy together, and they, they could have an amazing technical match at any given point. As Bros Clay would say, they don't need a top spot. They just need a parking lot. Zach. Fuck, I'm laughing at that shit. So next up, we had Mercedes Monet. Jason, help me out. What Stephanie Vakir. Okay, thank you very much. Uh I thought this match was also really good. Uh, it's fun to watch Mercedes Monet uh, kind of let loose, kind of do whatever she wants to. She bumped not only for in this match, but in the main event, she bumped like a fucking ragdoll, man. She was there to make people look good. She is game for stuff, and that's what makes the main event so disappointing. But I also enjoyed this match, Jason. Totally agree. Um it, it made me want to see Virus more, same way with Stephanie Vecchier. Um, I think it's time to start putting a little more respect on Sasha slash Mercedes' name. I agree with you. She sold like nobody's business. The fact that she made me want to see what this other person has done before this, I think, is the sign of Mercedes doing her job. She put stephanie over as she went over if that makes sense and i say it all the time and if it doesn't it doesn't but like i said this these were two really good ways to st- i mean just magically you had these two um, back-to-back matches and all of a sudden you got a hot car coming out of the box three beer yeah totally unfamiliar with uh stephanie vaquero and then again just completely overachieved and uh yeah she kept up with mercedes when mercedes was you know doing what she does like you said, cutting loose, it was good. She, Stephanie Vicker, made a, a name for herself amongst uh, the hardcore NJPW people. Like, oh, yeah, she, she, I wanted to see more of that. Yeah, she was impressive. Next up was Willow Nightingale, who AEW fans will know, but uh, she, Willow Nightingale had a long Ring of Honor run also prior to her NJPW and AEW work. And, uh, a title match against Athena, obviously lost. And she was against uh, Momo Kago. I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Jason's giving me, he's pointing at his nose, which means I'm right. Uh, Willow Nightingale goes over. Another great match. Surprisingly so, because as the guy that watches stardom on the regular I have very little expectations for this match. I just expected Willow to come in, handle her business, and keep it moving going towards the final because obviously she's wrestling a second match down the line. They made Momo Congo look legit. I mean, this is one of her better matches, dare I say, one of her best matches I've seen, whether it's here or over in Japan. I was, once again, 
very pleasantly surprised. I did not have, like I said, any expectations for this. I assumed that we were going to get Willow and Mercedes in the final. How we got there was more of the fun ride versus, you know, just me being right or whatever the case may be. Momo Kongo very looks a lot like um, Mayu Iwatani. So if you know who she is, hopefully she has that same career trajectory that uh, Mayu does. I'm not holding my breath on that. She's got a long way to go. But ultimately, I thought this overachieved as well. Three Bear, what you got? Yeah, same. Uh, I didn't give a shit about initially about either of these um, kind of prelim tournament matches. And I also didn't give a shit about that tag match that opened the show. And then, like, yeah, we're a few matches in, and I'm like, this fucking card rules. <laughs> like, even on my shitty, like, pirated stream that I was, like, watching it on. I was like, you know what? New Japan's all right right now. <laughs> yeah, the first three matches were great, and uh, then we had the fourth match. So, here is where my criticism starts coming in. I thought that this, uh, I thought this card was bookended really well, and I thought the middle was pretty disappointing. So we have Fred Rosser, uh, formerly known as Darren Young, from the primetime players, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, uh, versus Juice Robinson. Now, the last match that they had in New, J- New Japan Strong was the one where Rosser reserved a seat in the front row for Juice Robinson's wife, who is Tony Storm. Everybody knows Tony Storm, uh, who's listening to this podcast, probably. She is facing (laughs) Jamie Hayter for the belt at AEW Double or Nothing. They decide to have basically, it was, I'd say trash match, and that's not describing the match like what I thought of it. They were actually like rubbing trash in each other's faces. It was supposed to be a grudge match. Listen, this is not why I watch New Japan. This is not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for these walking walking brawls. I'm not looking for these trash matches. I want to see in-ring stuff. Juice Robinson and Fred Rosser are certainly capable of both both of them are capable of being great in-ring. Rosser, you know, called out, well, basically invoked a man's wife into it and he's supposed to be the baby face. He is also an openly gay male who is trying to play the baby face. And then he forcibly kisses Juice Robinson's wife, Tony storm when she gets involved in the match after trash is being thrown all over everybody and everything. Um, this match it's not my favorite type of match, man. Like I would rather watch these guys have a match in the ring. I'm I'm not a fan of the walking brawls. Uh, I'm not a fan of false count anywhere. Even though I may be surprised sometimes, like last week with Jericho versus Roddy Strong, I was not a fan of this match. Uh, Rosser tried. They were. It seemed like they were trying to get the babyface pop for Rosser as he or a babyface reception for him as he walked out. But it's like, dude, you just kissed a guy's wife. And uh, then they teamed up on you. I, I'm, what you think, Jason? Am I wrong? I'll, I'll say this. The, the build for this match itself, I didn't have a problem with, especially when Fred Rosser kind of, you know, he was, he was a line, habitual line stepper on this shit, and he stepped over the line, put a seat out for Tony Storm, and Juice whomped that ass. Okay. So you have false count anywhere. No problem with that. 
the execution of the match leading up to the Tony Storm appearance was definitely lacking. I will I totally concede that. Tony Storm getting into the match then made it more interesting. Yes. But then I totally agree, I agree with, with you on how they booked Fred Rosser. If he's supposed to be the babyface, he shouldn't be manhandling anybody else. A, shouldn't be calling out somebody else's wife. B, shouldn't be manhandling him. C, as a gay man, shouldn't be trying to kiss said wife. From that point, once he kissed Tony Storm, I was like, oh, man, fuck you. Juice, you need to whoop his ass. And I was totally rooting for Juice Robinson from that point on. And the crowd because, was, too. Too, because they, because literally they had flipped. In that match, they had flipped fucking baby face and heel rolls. And from that point on, Juice goes over. That's great. Why they even tried to make Fred Roster the baby face afterwards? No clue. It was, it was what it was. It, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Falls Count Anywhere. If done right, it could be really good. If done incorrectly, you get some shit like this. Tony Storm was the best part of this match. From that point on, man, we can do without. Zach, what do you think? Five stars? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there were a couple of things I really didn't like about this. I don't necessarily uh, mind the style so much, uh, especially like you know the sense of like a variety show. It, it changed the pace and... Yeah, and you know, it's in the, middle, it's like in the middle of the card also. Like, you got totally fair. You got to change it up. I get it. But um, even if they were trying to turn Fred Rosser into, like, some abhorrent heel, um, which is not what they were intending to do, like, just kayfabe sexual assault is not a way to go about it. Even if, even if they were trying to make him into a heel. I mean, that's a spot that worked when AIDS was predominantly a gay man's disease, right? And it hasn't worked since. Like, in the 80s, yeah, 100%. Like, baby face forcibly kisses the heels girl. That's going to get a pop. Now, not okay. It's, um, it's, it's not even the fact that he's he's gay. and, and, and No, it's not, a, it's not the fact that he's gay at all. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a power, it's a power thing. Like, it's... it's it's this just is like, not the two, like, 2023 like, is the wrong place to be pulling that trope. You There's should, a lot of tropes you can pull out. Can they get oh, along? Oh, and I'm sorry if you're listening to us and you think that we're the woke podcast, you fucking turds. But kissing a forcibly kissing a woman, you might as well be punching her. And we Cade man dragging her back to the bedroom. Right. And we don't want that either. It's a power thing because Fred Rosser is obviously much more powerful than Tony Storm. If you, and they did follow it up. They got the they got like the pile driver, but like they he would have had like a, a submission on Juice and like Tony Storm's like a legit badass like pro wrestler too, and she's like clubbing him with forearms and like it just looked like you know he's totally no selling it right. Um, yes, it, it was just it was it was garbage. Garbage. No disagreement. Okay. Uh, up next was an, okay. Up next was something that was uh, very disappointing. Where round two. Kyle Fletcher. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Never mind. No, there were three disappointing things in a row. This was not the fault uh, of anybody. Uh, this is where I almost broke my remote. This is Kyle Fletcher comes out, uh, tells the crowd. Kyle Fletcher from Aussie Open comes out, tells the crowd that Mark Davis. Wait, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Yes, Mark Davis is injured, and they are vacating 
the tag team belts, and so the tag team belts will be double tag team belts will be decided at Dominion between Bishamon, thumbs up, and the House of Torture, thumbs down. Uh, Zach, what did you think about this? Uh, how disappointed were you? Or, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. How excited were you that uh, House of Torture will have an opportunity to win the double belts? Oh, God. Uh, way that you framed it like that. You put that out in the atmosphere, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, if this goes nobody. down, I'm blaming you. <laughs> nobody else but you. I wasn't even going to say no shit like that, man. I was like, man, bitch, you might go win this shit. Fuck this shit. I'm putting positive energy out there. You said some shit like, what if they going to win? Man, fuck. I'm just saying. I'm a, I'm a journalist. Negativity. Your fault. Your uh, somebody fault. I had actually known before I watched this, I, I saw um, mm. it reported that he was out. So, because I watched this yesterday. And then somebody was at my house. Was that Cal Fletcher in the ring? I thought it was Lord Gideon. Who, like, <laughs> I, uh, He's heating up. I love or hate that guy. You know, I, I, I have no idea. Like, uh, I think I, I think I like him. But I think he's just really good at being uh, a total, uh, just a total, just hateful or, yeah, he's, he's a guy to hate. But anyway, a uh, huge bummer. Um, sounds like he'll be out for a little while. Um, might not make Forbidden Door, but, uh, you know, because uh, they're, you know, gunning up for an FTR um, match. And maybe that'll be Wembley, um, which would arguably be a better venue for it because. They had that match at Royal Quest last year that if FTR had not faced uh, the Briscoes at all last year would have been the best match, plus best tag match of the year last year. So, um, yeah, get well soon, Mark Davis. For sure. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, next up, now this is the one that you wanted to be disappointed in. What belt was this for? This is for the open weight. New Japan Open Weight Championship. Right. So this was Kenta versus Hikaleu. Uh, you know, they it didn't even sound like the announcers understood this, but apparently the belt can change hands on the Open Weight Championship through countout. This wasn't I really, think any any belt in It's Japan a New Japan rule. Yeah. So it's across just the like board. If, you, if Okada yeah, got like counted out against Tanahashi, any, any New Japan belt any New can Japan change belt hands on a countout. Wow, yep. that that is uh, that is news to me. Um, so anyway, Hikaleu loses to Kenta. This was not so much a well. This was another walk and brawl, and then there was listen. I I I popped at the at the spot the spot where they threw him over the bleachers and he landed through the table. Of course. Even though when you watch it in slow-mo, like he literally felt like, I don't know, six feet. Like, I mean, when you're you're that tall, it's like, all right, okay. Anyway, Kento wins this against Hikaleu uh, and is your new openweight championship, uh, open, open champion. Here's what I'm going to ask you gentlemen. Why is Kenta winning this? Like, what does it do Kenta any good to have this championship as opposed to having Hikaleu have this championship? It doesn't make any sense to me. Jason, I'll throw it to you. <sighs> this is not me being a no, hater. no, 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 gen- no, 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 question. no. It is a genuine question, and the reason why I, I side is because of the way 
Hickaway, who has been booked since beating Jay White. Um, he's won the uh, New Japan Neverweight title, now dropped it to Kento, who I didn't think should have lost it to begin with. I, it just To me, it's just it's a lot of bad booking, number one. Um, number two, I agree with you. Ultimately, it probably should be Hikaleu. I just don't think it should be right now. I think this should be another kind of a Tom Lawler, um, Fred Rosser kind of a run where um, Kenta holds it for like six months or whatever the case may be and then coughs it up to Hikaleu. I think maybe they... And this is just me spitballing because I'm not sure what the hell New Japan's doing nowadays. How you let... Aussie open slip through your fingers makes no sense, but that's another story for another time. Um, I just don't think they they thought this thing through. Now you've gone back to a scenario where Kento was the champion, should have always been the champion. I don't know. I just I don't get it. Ultimately, it's it, it, it's a lot of indictment on New Japan booking for this scenario. Kikaleu should be not gunning for the New Japan Open Weight Championship. He beat Jay White. He should be going for bigger fish than the developmental heavyweight championship. You know, you know who else beat Jay White? Eddie Dick Kingston. Kingston. Uh, Zach, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree in uh, in one sense. Uh, yeah, what you're saying makes sense. I do think part of it is um, if I had to venture a guess, just the fact that New Japan is still largely a ticket and merch sale driven property because they don't get like rights fees like American companies do. I think that maybe their idea is that Kent is a bigger star and He's having up. him as champion guaranteed on the on the cards like in America uh, can draw more fans. And sell more merch. Um, that's that, actually, that's just a guess. I have no idea. That's actually that a very total ass, that actually makes total a very sense. thoughtful answer. That makes total sense from a very thoughtful podcaster. See, I'm the fan. I <laughs> 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 say journalist. That's the, why the, we the have smart them. guy and the fan. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, guy, uh, he's got a video that comes out. He doesn't use any insider terms, which I appreciate, Eddie Kingston, because who knows if the people in the audience would have been able to understand. <laughs> Those insider terms. Had you said he didn't them. even, he didn't even pretend to know the the winner in advance. He's like whoever. Nah, yeah, yeah. He's like I'll take whoever. Uh, but Eddie Kingston shows shit. up, says I'll take whoever. Uh, Kingston Kenta sounds pretty okay to me, and that's why I think they went back to Kenta. I mean, I would have watched Kingston Hikaleu. You wouldn't have. You would have. You would have turned it off like it was CMLL. No, no I would. I wouldn't have done a Brock Lesnar boycott <laughs> on this shit. But I just honestly, I think it's. It, I think it's Hickaway who's gotten pushed too fast, too quick, and now they don't know what to do with him. Zach, are you excited about Kingston versus Kenta? Uh, sure. I I don't know that I've seen that before, and I bet the Kingston's excited for it because I mean, we don't really think about it, but Kenta's like a living legend. Uh, I mean, he's the dude that. Brian Danielson copied his style from you know it's like Fucking uh, Brian CM, Danielson wanted, CM to, CM wanted to be stole, Kenta when he wants CM, CM Punk stole to go to sleep from him also exactly. you said his name yeah. you said his name give me a dollar ah shit <laughs> <laughs> 
Phil Brooks. Better yet, Phil Brooks. Better yet, go get a shot. All right, I'll get you a shot right now. Uh, no, you don't have to right now. After after the one count, yes. uh, we had Shota Umino and Moxley and Wheeler Yuta Forge by Combat uh, versus uh, Ishii, Ishii uh, Okada and you know friend of mine because I met him at Joey's show, Rocky Romero. Uh, great dude. Yeah, really great dude. Uh, Umino, Moxley, and Yuta go over these three. There's only one story. Well, actually, there's two. There's, there's two stories here, and they both involve Okada. The first one being that Shota Umino is just cocky as fuck he against Okada. He put the foot on that dude at the end. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Really you got a death fun. wish, huh? <laughs> really fun. Really fun. I think it's fun to see, like, hey, this is somebody that they consider a blue chipper, and he is going head-to-head, toe-to-toe with Okada. Okada... Doesn't lose his cool before minute 24 of the match, usually. <laughs> and Okada lost his cool. Okada, you know, Okada always loses his cool at the end. But Okada lost his cool while he was out, tagged himself in, wanted right. to go against Shota Umino. And then you have Okada uh, rainmaking. What would you call that? Uh, doing the rainmaker on Moxley. Rainmaking Moxley sounds cool, too. Um no, Moxley interrupts the Rainmaker because he had. Uh, well, he took it at the end. At the very end, Okada does the Rainmaker on Moxley, and then Shota Umino turns around and does the Death Valley Driver on Okada. Before that, or not Death Valley Driver? That yeah, Death Valley Driver. Yeah, right? yeah. Death Rider. Death Rider. But, sorry, that's whatever. What I yeah, I was going to say it's different move, but I know are where we go with it. Are we getting Okada Moxley at Forbidden Door? I guess so. Yeah, that make that kind of makes the most. I sense. fucking hope so. Yes. This match was besides the fact that it was built around Shooter and Okada, like that feud, because obviously that's like Shooter Okada. I feel like is has the ability to be uh, reverse Tanahashi Okada, where he's just going to have to go up against this guy and it's going to take him a long time to beat him. But ultimately, like, Shooter's first uh, heavyweight win is going to come at the expense of Okada after he has lost to him throughout his career. I just can't but, not uh, come jokes. <laughs> wasn't even trying. <laughs> Jason almost did a spit take. I almost killed Jason with it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, uh... Honestly, a spit take is the only proper response to a come joke. <laughs> this guy almost did a swallow take. <laughs> but uh, just in the short time that uh, Moxley and Okada were together, uh, I was there for it, and the crowd yes. was there for it. Yeah. And dude, like Moxley took the drop kick, he took the rainmaker, and just in the just in their brief interactions, like that is a money money match. Uh, that I can't wait for. I think everybody was good in this match. I loved Ishii being like, when Umino was looking at Okada, and Ishii's like, no, motherfucker. Back the fuck up. You're in here with me. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ishii starts fucking him up. I thought Wheeler Yuta was really great in this match. The Uh, ultimate little brother. I love him to death. As much as I make fun of Wheeler Yuta's voice, the dude can work. And... What a what a thrill for him to be in a in a ring with those guys. Like really it's he might pretty be able cool. to this might be some sort of forbidden door match if they can sneak this Joker in. I'm sure uh, I mean you think so we get Wheeler Yuta versus Shota Umino? Because I'd be I'd be here for that too. I, I, 
I would think more of a tag team, um, Claudio and Wheeler versus Shota and somebody else, fill in the blank. But um, ultimately, like you said, yeah, okay, fair enough. But I think that's just Forbidden Door is just so many fancy booking matches. There's only so many, so much room and so many time. But like you said, to me, the two biggest stories, obviously, long term, if you're a New Japan fan, is Shota and. Uh, Okada short term when Moxley came up and gave him gave Okada the double uh, bird right to his face when he was getting ready to give uh, I think it was Shota the uh, the Raymaker he's like no fuck no man you ain't gonna do my boy like that fuck you that's where I was like oh wait a minute this might be a forbidden door match and it's perfect neither guy has a title not always the biggest fan of uh, three on three matches that have no uh, that have no stakes but this was they made it work this was a really Really fun match. Uh, up next, I was in shooter. Whenever he made the pin, he did like the the Okada, like holding like the invisible orange or you know the thing that Okada does. He like, did. Holding the he did it right to Okada's face at the beginning too. He, where he put like, his foot on the man's chest. It's uh, okay. That's the, all I'm saying. Yeah, that man's I mean, got a death wish. Obviously, he's, well, he's got a rock. He's got a jetpack. <laughs> jetpack uh, had- up his ass. <laughs> Tanahashi versus Osprey. To see who faces Lance Archer at Dominion to see who faces Kenny Omega. So Osprey goes over. Now, listen, this was not as good as we've seen these two guys together. They had a G1 match maybe back in 2021. That was. I feel like it was a couple of years ago. Off the chain. Uh, this was, you know, Tanahashi, not great. Tanahashi is. He's down a gear. He's downshifted a little bit, which is what you have to do if you want to have some longevity. Nothing wrong with that. Osprey looked great in this. This was not about Tanahashi. This is about Osprey. Osprey looked awesome in this, and Osprey goes over. Not much more I can say about it. No, I'm, I, was, I agree with that. Um, I'm not going. To, it's not a, a downgrade, or we're trying to denigrate the ace i agree with you no. on this one this to me <clears throat> looks like lebron i've seen LeBron, and i haven't seen tanahashi from start to finish i've seen lebron from start to finish when the rim blocks lebron on the other dunk that's when i'm like oh man wait a minute i've never seen this shit before and that's where father time has finally started to catch up with lebron the same way he's done with uh tanahashi I didn't think this was the best match of the card, but I mean, it was still a really good semifinal match. Kept me interested. I knew who was going to win, but they did enough from start to finish to keep me invested. That's all I can really ask for from a, a predictable match. Three beer. Yeah, this is not as dynamic as their previous encounter. Um, really, I think, like you said, Tanahashi stepped it down a notch, um, but everything he does is like to perfection and everything is methodical and has a reason. So I appreciate that aspect of wisdom about an older Tanahashi. Uh, it, it almost enhances a lot of his matches in certain ways, but um, I think Osprey is also holding back a little cause he's got the shoulder thing and he's just trying to stay healthy so he can have his big rematch with Okada. So, or, or I'm sorry, with uh, Omega. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, no, just, neither one think- of them are going fully all out. But yeah, Okada is eventually down the road too. Yeah, sure. whether it's G one or Wrestle Kingdom, I think at some point they will cross paths again, if not both times. We have plenty of time to talk about the Osprey versus Archer in the future, but 
right now we're going to move on to the main event, which is Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Monet, of you know, of which there is a ton to talk. So, what do you think about the match, Jason? And what did you think about the injury at the end? Match. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, this was a Sunday night because I watched it live, and I would I couldn't have watched it on Saturday night because I work. So this was a Sunday night, so I watched it live. Um, this was pretty. This was like a, the fourth hour of New Japan, even though it didn't feel like four hours. I looked at the clock; it was like ten, ten thirty ish. I was like, okay, shit. You know, I love the fact a that the women closed the show. B once again, like we already talked about. Mercedes sold for Willow <clears throat> and I thought in my heart of hearts that the the plan was Willow was going to go over now from what I read maybe other people have read something differently but I would just say for myself personally the plan was for Mercedes to go over which makes sense if you think about Forbidden Door AEW and connecting those dots you have a a reason for Mercedes to come into AEW and have these matches with a Jamie Hayter or Britt Baker or whomever the case may be. When I didn't honestly, I didn't even know she got hurt until the very end on the pinfall where obviously Mercedes was supposed to kick out and she didn't the fans boo. I get that out, but my knee jerk reaction was okay. Something's wrong. I hope she's okay. Power bomb part two, you get the one, two, three. Like I said, for me, I would have went with Willow, but I understand why they go with Mercedes. Mercedes is a name brand, very much somebody that you want to do with Chris Jericho. We've had that argument. It's the Chris Jericho, Adam Page argument. Who do you want as your AEW champion? Same thing with this. And who do you want as your New Japan Strong Women's Champion? I don't think there's a wrong answer, but Mercedes makes the most sense, and I get that. When Willow won, it was very much a surprise. I was knee- The knee-jerk reaction was, okay, they're carrying Mercedes off. This feels like a knee injury. Comes back as a broken ankle, if I'm not mistaken. So, knock on wood, that's the less... It's not a a great prognosis, but it's not the worst thing. It's not a knee injury. So you, you know Mercedes will be back sooner versus later. I'll just say this. I don't have a problem with Willow winning it. I get the why, but I just wished for me personally, selfishly, they would have went with Willow from the jump. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zach, what'd you think? That is not where I thought you were going. Zach, what'd you think? Uh, really liked the match until the finish and well, until the injury. I noticed she was kind of favoring her leg, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't look good. Um, and then, yeah, they did the power bomb, and she just didn't kick out. And I'm like, oh, that really isn't good. Like, in your main event, you got a fuck finish. Um, pretty negative stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be, like, a star-making performance for Willow, regardless, because she's in a main event against Mercedes Monet. Um, I think that she was going to get a lot of shine on her, and she did an excellent job in the match. Uh, and then just a series of unfortunate events. But maybe, you know, fortunate for Willow, like, when they made this title for Mercedes, um, it was going to be the second, like, Japanese, like, you know, title, like, that she was going to be the inaugural champion of. And, um, you know, now she wasn't the inaugural. It was now Kyrie was the first. She took it off of Kyrie oh, and then Kyrie. dropped it to so Mayu. 
Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Well, I was wrong. So she's going to be the inaugural one of this one. But uh, yeah, so um, pretty unfortunate. But I think, you know, so, like we've talked about with Willow before uh, in regards to Tony Khan. It's like, hey, sometimes the fans are handing you something and you run with it. He did it with the acclaimed. Uh, he's done it with some other folks as well. Like he's been reticent to do it with Willow for whatever reason. Uh, now they've handed you like an actual, like, you know, championship through your partner organization. So run with it. And they did put a video package on, and it had Mercedes Monet on AEW TV. Um, so we can talk about that, you know, when we talk about dynamite, but, uh, yeah, series of unfortunate events. I hope Mercedes gets better soon, but I hope that they do the right thing and like run with Willow. Cause she could, she could, you know, hold this thing legitimately for a while until Mercedes comes back. In which case I fully expect her to drop the belt to her. Uh, lemons out of lemonade, hopefully. I mean, Willow Nightingale is a, she is over with the live crowds. This was, as you guys, I can't say it in the way, this is so unfortunate. I mean, Mercedes Monet was unbelievable in both of these matches. I'd love to see her, I'd love to see how it was supposed to end. Yes, yeah, me too. And plus, like, mad, mad props to Mercedes Monet for finishing that match because she could not put, she was hanging that foot off the ground. It wasn't that she couldn't put any weight on it. She didn't want it, she didn't want it to touch the ground. She was in a lot of pain, you could tell. And the referee fucked it up. That's unfortunate uh, because Sasha, or Mercedes did not, kick out of that first no, one. No, you just got to go one, two, three. Sorry, not sorry. Right. So there was some sort of miscommunication, but I'm sure that guy was probably like, ah, fuck. Or like, what, what am I supposed to what do? What am I supposed to do? Uh, um, maybe it was not communicated very well. Who knows what the fuck happened? I would love to hear what happened, but we probably never will. Willow Nightingale is a perfect person to take that first NJPW strong women's title if it's not going to be Mercedes Monet. Different from Hikaleo. And that's and the reason why to me very, it's different. Very different. Very different. Willow is an, an established yes. wrestler. Yes. This, does not, this doesn't feel like it's out of the norm. Hikaleo being Jay White felt out of the norm. Him becoming the New Japan Open Champion felt out of the norm. The New Japan uh, Strong Open Weight Champion that felt out of the norm. It's just been weird. I tell you what. Mercedes Monet having that broken ankle, not being able to put any weight on it, and then taking two of those, taking that second power bomb, you Kiss know, you know, she was in fucking pain. So, I, you know, I always, I always knew she was good. I always knew she was great. Now, uh, start, let's start giving her some respect, man. That, that was that was really something, and I have a lot of respect for her. Uh, to have the wherewithal to go through the match, and also, I think she was probably the one that called it. If the if the if the referee, if somebody was in the back telling the referee, or the referee would have gotten some <laughs> sort of indication from somebody outside the ring that it was supposed to be over, the referee would have counted that one, first two, power bomb, yeah. whatever Willow's finisher is. I'm sorry, I don't know it, but it was probably Sasha being like, "Listen, I'm." You, you got to put you got to put her over. Uh, so mad respect. Very disappointing finish to what has been a very fun beginning to Mercedes Monet, Mercedes Monet's uh, New Japan career. 
But, you know, like we saw with Cody, when he came back to WWE, he came back bigger and better than ever. And I think that ho- hopefully this... No, this just leads to the AEW run, and then we'll see what happens. And Well, I hope she's back for Forbidden Door. I mean, a broken ankle is a... I, I think you were saying this. I was coming back from the bathroom. But a, a broken ankle is a better better injury than an MCL or ACL or something like that. So if she just broke a bone, that's better than a ligament. Definitely. And I say this as an athlete and and a journalist, you know, somebody who's somebody, <laughs> somebody who's watch hit home runs. You know, I say, Damn, somebody, I wish I could do that. Somebody who's done both. So, <laughs> uh, so before before we get off the NJPW thing, Jason, you mentioned PSP before, and I want you to put you put yourself over a little bit. What is PSP, please? <clears throat> For those who don't know, that is the uh, Phoenix Splash Podcast. Myself and Brett Jager from the Brainbuster Boys. We have this podcast where we talk about stardom new japan tjpw ddt where can they find it um on visionary golden media network so same where you can find um well band from ringside is separate but if you go to visionary golden media's network you can find it there and they uh, all your major podcast platform networks hell yeah and let's get to that well maybe we should talk about this i would put this off air but you know, the people like to see how the sausage is made, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> boys, I have to be out of here in an hour and five minutes. Um, Predictions. So, should we start? I We want to do Dynamite because Dynamite was good. But can we just... Well, let's try to do Dynamite and then let's go through predictions as fast as we can after that. How about that? Done and done. All right, let's get to that two count. Three beer. What's the two count? Two count is AE Dub. I will, for the sake of brevity, skip over Rampage because most of the time it's skippable anyway. But there was a good opening three way tag match of Blackpool Combat Club and the best Amigos, um, which was worth watching. Fun curtain jerker that played off of. Wheeler Yuta's history with the best friends. So, anyway. You said uh, you were skipping it. I am. I'm not going to talk about it. I just wanted to mention it. So, a lot of people might skip Rampage because it's very skippable, but they should watch that match if they want to have a little fun. Uh, so, uh, with Orange Cassidy uh, defending his international title against Kyle Fletcher, this is absolutely bonkers. It opens with a brain buster. Uh, and then just does not slow down from there for like 15 minutes. And pretty much similar to other uh, title defenses from Orange Cassidy, he just gets beat up and beat up and beat up, but manages to find a way to uh, survive and uh, ends up uh, pinning Kyle Fletcher. Uh, but uh, this match was very fun, full of pretty insane spots, lots of dropping on heads, back bumps on aprons, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. You know what I saw? I saw a lot of kicking out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of shit that people should have kicked out of. It. It's like, oh my God, like, God, that, you know how you always see the Seth Rollins Falcon there and it's like, God damn, that should be a fucking finisher. How is that not a finisher? Kyle Fletcher did a couple moves. I was but like, it, I haven't, I've never seen yeah. before and I was like, God damn. Which, which is fine. I mean, you and know, that goes like a finisher, kind of yes. like the Falcon Arrow, but an OC kicks out. Okay, real quick, um, is Orange Cassidy making any kind of case right now? If the if the if the year ended right now today, 
Would Orange Cassidy be in the running for wrestler of the year? You have to. Like him or not. Zach? I feel like you got to mention him. I don't know if he's going to make it, but he's in the running. Yeah, for sure. If 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 Roman is going to be lauded for a thousand, no, don't look at me like that. I didn't say Orange that other Cassidy's guy's had a better year than Roman. I'm not saying he hasn't. Okay, but if we're going to laud Roman, okay, there you go, there you go. There, if Roman didn't the, defend his title, there, what, there it twice? is. Twice? There's that one. There's twice? that one. There's that one. It's Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. There's that one. What about Joe Louis? <laughs> <laughs> no. What about Rocky Marciano? Rocky Marciano. There's that one. There's that one. It's Rocky kick, Marciano. Kick Joe Louis's ass. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Who's right. next? So I said we were in a hurry, and then Jason yeah, and I course. just did thirty seconds They're on coming to America. America. Okay. Uh, what was next, Zach? Uh, next is pretty funny. We had Ricky Starts backstage with Renee Paquette uh, complaining about how he's always getting beat up by Jay White and Juice Robinson, and then he promptly gets beat up by Jay White and Juice Robinson. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Big fan of this segment. Shit. Big fan. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Go ahead, Zach. I'm out, I'm out on Ricky Starts. <laughs> I, love, I love watching him get his ass kicked. What the fuck, man? I'm out on him. <laughs> Dude, he just never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Two Beer. Go ahead. Just be Chris Jericho. That's uh, what I want to say. So the middle Kick part here Chris, gets a little fuzzy. Chris here. Jericho's ass. <laughs> <laughs> go to um, We're getting ready to go sideways. I see it coming. The uh, middle part gets a little fuzzy. I had a lot of people in and out of my house. And like, uh, both of my kids had friends over and then their parents. There was a Jack Perry promo so, that was backstage. I mean, I, I, I saw it. I just. As far as like, I'll, I'll run it down, but I I don't have a lot of details on there. But yeah, Jack Perry, Jack Perry promo, uh, obviously setting up the, the four way four uh, for double or nothing. But uh, this was probably as boring as I thought it was, and I probably didn't mind missing it. What am I right? Are you talking about Jack Perry? <laughs> yeah. Uh, MJF's line later on Whew. completely fucking gutted me. It was so fucking funny saying that Jack Perry, he wishes that Jack, Jack Perry, Perry could be put in an echo, echo chamber. chamber. Oh. So he could just hear himself so he could bore himself to death. That's so good. I'm like, dude, stop. Stop it. Take the mic from him. God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know how many people you could say that about? Just fucking the most boring motherfuckers in the world with nothing to say. Hey, I'm not man. talking about any of our fans, but I am talking about some <laughs> of our fans. <laughs> uh, people I know. I ain't even talking about fans. I'm talking about in, in Jason life. Uh Certainly no one who hosts a podcast. No, oh, no, 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 fight where Tax gave the accidental pile driver, which I thought was hilarious. And so anyway, they call it... Uh, the accidental pile out. driver. Yeah. So you ever accidentally <laughs> pile drive somebody? Only in wrestling. <laughs> Only in wrestling can you give somebody... He's like, ah, I couldn't see. Hey, 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 hey. It wasn't me, dog. I'm just pile driving anybody in front of me. <laughs> the guy with the pencil behind his ears put tequila in my eyes and accidentally pile drive my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hate yeah. it. 
They have that's pro wrestling in a nutshell. But uh, yeah, so uh, Briscoe comes out and uh, Mark Briscoe, and you know, basically Dax is wanting him to shake his hand, and uh, you know, just really aggressively, he's like, "You're gonna shake my hand," and he slaps his hand. Yeah, he's like, like, "You're not gonna embarrass me on a national television." He's like that. He's like that. Uh, he's like that. That TikTok of that guy on the plane where the guy's getting kicked off the plane. He's like, "I just want to shake his hand." Oh, fuck, get your ass off the plane. <laughs> He's like, just shake my hand. Oh, boy. <laughs> Keep it All moving. Right. So uh, I- I'm going to say here, because uh, I was texting with Bo Geesman about this this segment earlier today, because he texted me after I went to bed last night. He said, ooh, Dax was cutting motherfuckers up last night because he called him TNA rejects. And... I talked about the Queen Mother or whatever, and he said, I'm not talking about Karen Jarrett. I'm talking about Dixie Carter. Guys, Dax, that's bullshit. Uh, Do not, do not disrespect Double J like that. Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal might be a TNA reject. <laughs> Double J is not. He is a legend. He's a legend in this business. Double J is a legend in this business. Do not disrespect him like that. Black Machismo has entered the chat. <laughs> what do you think about this, Jason? Funny, he called him. He called him TNA reject. Like Jared founded the company. Yes, exactly. It just it, it didn't ring true to me at all. It kind of made him come off as kind of CM Punkish. Give me another dollar. Um, fuck, I owe you two dollars. Right. Um, you know how I feel about Triple J to begin with. It, it, where's Karen Jarrett? I guess she just came and she's left. Well, Briscoe shoved her. Let's not let's not shove the ladies, guys. Let's not shove ladies and let's not kiss them when they don't want to be kissed. Can we just say that? Sorry to be too woke for you guys. Check check. Uh, I'm drinking Bud Light and I'm going to Target. You fucking idiots. That's how woke I am. That's what's talking today. I just I, I have very little interest in this. I'm just ready for the match. Triple J to move along. FTR move along. I don't even care who wins the match. It's just time for this angle to move along. What's next? What's next? the world coming to when I can't drink a Bud Light and then go out and enjoy my favorite pastime of shoving women and kissing them on the lips <laughs> without their consent? Can you imagine just being one of these regular people that isn't on Twitter that just walks through Target, drinking their Bud Light, and not knowing that they've taken Satan's side in the Great Culture War? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, what if we kiss next to the park bench with the anti-homeless spikes? <laughs> He's heating up. That was a joke just for me, I think. Uh, what's next, Zach? Jesus Christ. All right. Um, uh, so, Renee Paquette is backstage with Samuel Guevara, who wants to cut another babyface promo. So oh, he, he sure does, doesn't he? Yeah. This it is on just TK, as man. incongruous as the last one. It's on TK. Come on. At a certain point, you got to. Look, is he a baby face or is he here? I got something to say about TK later. What's next? Um, TK did the... The House of Black uh, open. We're okay, t- this is the House of Black. Okay, so this was better than the last open house match because they didn't do a fully dark crowd, but they did some weird lighting. But it was still better. But it wasn't like 
I still just prefer like a normal, normal show, but this was like super fun for like the five minutes it lasted. Like Blake Christian, Metal League, AR Fox just flying all over the place. And then they just murdered them and did a triple submission. Um, it was awesome. I really liked this. It was a total sprint. But uh, yeah. This is what should happen if you're going to have this open challenge. House of Black is trying to establish themselves as the six man title behemoths. And if you're going to have an open challenge where any three guys back there can become a trios team, this is a fun gimmick to me because if they let it run for a while, one of these days, the three guys that are going to come out are going to be formidable. Right. You know, but this lasted five and a half minutes. That's all it should last. House of Black are a team and they should be winning. It's the thing that Jason always says is that, the team that's a tag team should never lose to the makeshift tag team because the tag team should be in simpatico, so to speak. So I like that this only lasted five minutes. They could have gone 20, I'm sure, and had a very fun match, but this is what should happen. Jason, did I just say exactly what you were thinking? Check. All right. What's next? Uh, next, we had... Um, now we're in Zimbabwe. Oh. Until not so, long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that's not going to happen. There was the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, and this is one part where I was pretty frustrated, uh, not that I don't enjoy uh, my friends, and, uh, but there were people in my house, and uh, John Moxley was doing a promo, and I couldn't hear it, and I didn't rewind to go back. So what, what was the John Moxley promo? I'm sure it was good. Yeah, I mean, it was a John Moxley promo that was pretty good. I couldn't say a single um, thing he said, but I like every single time he said something, I was just nodding along with no, it. I was D- like, Davidson basically laid it out. was like, you know, we got two objectives this weekend. Number one is to win uh, tonight, and then obviously Anarchy in the arena were going to win there. Moxley just basically piggybacks off that. The one that's more towards the at the end after the main event, that's the one that needs to be talked about. This was just a uh, an amuse bouche, if you will. Oh, you can tell Jason works that up for his restaurant. <laughs> He's heating up. <laughs> I really don't. I just know what the fuck it is. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we had MTS walk out, and oh my god, this cracked me up. He walked over. Uh, immediately to the commentary table, takes a drink of Tony Schiavone's drink and then throws the rest on him. Just A-plus stuff. Um, you ain't oh. shit! <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Uh, uh, Sin City should be called Virgin Vegas. Um, once Sammy Guevara's tongue gets stuck in a light socket, uh, Harvey Allen to climb Mount Everest with his shoes untied, and then the Jack Perry echo chamber joke. Um, just really good. Uh, basically, uh, maybe like threw a little bit of shoe after, stuff in there. After he put them all over as people that never, he said, us four have never had the benefit of being on national TV prior to AEW. The so, coat. so he did put them over prior, Post. which. We disagree I, upon that, but, it, but I, I, love I don't it. have a problem with that. No, no, I love it. No, actually. I just, for me, I just like heels being heels. Yes, That's just me. but 
But even the best heels. I mean, even Paul Heyman puts the guys over, and he's the best heel, right? I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay. I'm not right. disagreeing with that. All right. But, uh, you know, he, he mentions that, and he says that, um, you know, nobody wants him to have this belt, which is kind of a shoot. Uh, honestly, like, you know, there's, there's like, you know, rumblings that, uh, you know, about his reign and things like that, even though he's, I think it's been pretty good. It just hasn't been as dynamic. You know, he doesn't wrestle as much. Uh, but when he has, it's been really good. I expect Sunday to be very good as well. But, uh, you know, he's just talking about how he, he whirled it into storyline and said, no surprise that TK put me in a four way because, uh, that means that I can lose my title even if I don't get pinned because even he doesn't want me to have this title, which I think is fun in a kayfabe sense that the booker who makes the matches would be like, I fucking hate this guy. Let's, let's do whatever we can to get this title off of him. Right. And he, let, let, I mean, let's face it, MJF, MJF is the title holder. He is He's holding the big boy belt because... He exists in a meritocracy. He is. He was undeniable. It, like he could have been put on TV and shit the bed. He could have been put on TV and not um, been must watch. Might have had a couple bad promos. Maybe didn't do that well through the whole Jericho thing, through the Wardlow thing. But he's the he's the heavyweight champion. It is a meritocracy. He was undeniable. That's how good he is. Now, do I want him to be the belt holder for a year? I don't think so. But uh, I have predictions coming up later on. But I, I will say that, uh, you know, it is a shoot. He earned that Agreed. through being a, must, a, a must-watch talent. Agreed. Totally. Yep. Uh, I think it's cut off by Darby Allen, who just is fresh back from Hot Topic, wearing some elevator <laughs> shoes. and Man, uh, he called those lifts. Dude, I was dead. <laughs> oh my man! You ever think those four pillars guys get back there and they're like hey eating man. Cheetos together? Hey and man. he's like, hey, can, can hey you man. take it yeah. easy, okay? Like I know I'm short. Shoes, You're short too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> say, you keep talking this shit about my shoes, man. Lay off the fucking shoes. They just came in. Look, it's probably so the same conversation the the fucking Lollipop Guild had, like after they stopped, uh, you know, shooting. Jason's just shaking his head. Never mind. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done making fun of short people. Please, there's a lot of us out there. I'm not even considering. You. No, you you gotta be you gotta be six inches taller than any of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, so uh, they they get all four of them out there. Like uh, MDF, you know, hits Allen with the dynamite diamond ring. Uh, Seaman Blair comes out to make the save. MJF fails. Jungle Boy comes out, hits him with the clothesline. So that was uh, them getting. That's the big go home angle for the pay per view. Um, can, uh, can I make, can I make a uh, a quarterback decision here? Yeah, let's skip past the word low part let's skip past the valkyrie versus the jobber and jade cargill part and we'll skip past adam page we'll skip past daniel garcia and roderick strong we'll talk about adam page (laughs) hangman page sorry no adam cole and uh jericho no but there was a no there was adam cole and jericho and then there was a uh, there was oh yeah yeah, 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 i'm saying the, the last two parts that that we can talk about that that we should talk about here 
You know what? I'll edit all this part out. But uh, and then we'll <laughs> then we'll get to the predictions because everything else, so, like we could talk forever about it, but we have predictions coming up. So let's talk about TK and let's talk about the main event and then oh and let's talk about Sabu and then everything else we can just put into the predictions. That's perfect. That's perfect. I was going to gloss over it anyway. Uh, Tony Khan's AEW Collision announcement. So we were waiting for this. Uh, been a lot of rumblings. Uh, because of he who must not be named. But, um, <laughs> Pay me a dollar. Pay me a dollar. No, he didn't say the name. Yeah, every, say time you say, every time you say he should not be named, you owe me a dollar. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, is it Phil Brooks? I'll give you a dollar oh, right now. now you owe me a dollar, too. I'll give you right now. So what can Don't we say it again. You're going to owe me another dollar. <laughs> All right. I'm a prisoner in my own house. <laughs> that sucks, man. You should try being married. <laughs> With a kid. <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. That's right. Great. So he announces June 17th in the United Center to a big pop because that is the signal. That's the smoke signal that CM Punk's going to be there because uh, if it wasn't, they were going to announce it at Daly's Place. Pay me a dollar. Yeah. Uh, Venmo uh, bill a dollar. I think we're all even now. <laughs> I think we're all even. <laughs> Yes. yes. Uh, did Tony so, yeah, K? That's, that's the story. So let me ask you this: Did Tony K? Did he seem on cocaine or off cocaine during this uh, segment? On. You know what's hilarious? So Stella comes out. <laughs> oh Jesus! Stella sees like I'm watching, and she walks out, and she watches like the whole thing like completely silently, and then she's like, "Is that just like?" His character is getting to like wrestling. She's he's like, hitting up. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, that's just the owner of the company. Uh, that's just him. <laughs> that's incredible. Kids just know the devil when they right. see it. So, speaking of Tony Khan being on drugs, Adam Cole, baby, and Jericho have their their contract signing, which is. A very good segment, by all accounts, right? Did you like it, Jason? Yeah, I was about in the most about contract did you, signs. Did you like it, Zach? Oh, it might be my favorite contract signing of all time. Adam Cole was unbelievable. He was so good. Jericho was just purely Jericho when he's like, what kind of man would <laughs> yes. let... So his wife gets right in front of him. Yep, it was <laughs> so, good. so good. And also the surprise factor, like, who in the fuck would ever think one in that building was expecting the reveal. And that's why I loved it so much. When he said, one person got thrown to a table and I had no idea what was going to happen. He said homicidal, suicidal, and I was like, oh, genocidal. Shit. And I was like, is it going to be homicide? No. Like, That's what I thought I, at first. And then he said did, the next word. I was did, like, uh-oh. Did anybody expect Sabu? Once he said homicidal, suicidal, I was like, fuck. Here comes Sabu. Okay. Which doesn't make sense so, to me as a fan that... No. Sabu coming out and being in the corner of Adam Cole, baby, in this match is something that would only happen to a billionaire cokehead with nobody around him that tells him no. <laughs> he was he was blasted on blow one night and he was like Yo, we should fucking get Sabu. And everyone's like yeah, he, probably, he probably bought it from Sabu. <laughs> Sabu was selling it to 
<laughs> Samu got off. He got off of his shift at Chili's on the fry side, oh, and he came, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Hey, Stop. TK, I got an eight ball for you." <laughs> what like, eight ball? He's like, "I buy eight balls at a time. I get eight eight balls at a time." No, I say you ain't you ain't pressing me, player. <laughs> say I get eight balls Dude, on a regular basis. Sabu in this match is so ridiculous that it really like it makes I, no sense. I've never done coke before, but I hear people's stories when they have done coke, and they make a lot of plans for the next day. <laughs> not necessarily, not not me, because I've never done it. No, but, a good journalist should, should never, ever. Well, even journalists that you know, like I say, good, good journalists. Oh, thank you. Okay, yes. Sabu coming out during this match is a. That is a coked out idea. It made no sense. I get, and God bless Exc- Excalibur. He was just like, oh, you know, this is why it's not. No, no, no stop. Ever, evergreen, <laughs> stop evergreen. God bless Excalibur. <laughs> he tried to make the dice connect. I'm like, nah, motherfucker. This don't make no sense. We ain't talking about Sambu and God knows how long. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to drag his ass out for Chris Jericho. I didn't even look. If if Joey, I'm sure uh, Joey O'Farrell will listen. I wasn't ECW fan. I know he was. If he can make sense of this, okay, so be it. If there's other ECW guys that can make sense of this, that's so be it too. There is, you can't, in the AEW landscape, Sabu makes no fucking sense. Zero. At the, at the end of the day, though, like, for a nostalgia pop and the no fact question. that it's going to be like, it's gonna be wild and crazy. I am three beer. totally down to see three beer. I'm down if for this, it. If this was if this was WWE, I'm sorry. I'll speak for me. I I have a little problem with this because this is nostalgia, and this shouldn't be AEW. This is what year four. It, it would make sense if Sabu had something to do with the one of the four years that AEW has been around. He hasn't, and there that's the, my my biggest problem with this. At- I mean, Tony's a huge ECW mark. So like, fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's that's what it is. Okay, uh, totally I, fair. It just doesn't in, in the landscape of the ECW world and the Chris Jericho, Adam Cole baby. story you're talking about. Sabu is kind of the round peg square hole. I mean, when I think I, he's more like a. Go ahead. When I think about Sabu, I think about Mick Foley just. Like, I mean, Mick Foley and Sabu used to have, I mean, even like Terry Funk. And I looked him up. He was born in 64. He is only about 15 years younger than Sting. So, I mean, that is, that's something. I thought you were going to say me on that one. I was like, I was getting right back, man. Fuck you. All right. I don't want to talk about this. I just want to say something about it. You guys aren't allowed to talk about it. Roderick Strong has a great finisher. Very cool finisher. I want to see Roderick Strong versus Daniel Garcia in another context when they're not the second in line to Jericho and Adam Cole. I'm bang, just bang. kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys can talk about that. No, not going to say. I'm great, surprised Roddy won. Great finisher. It was a really fun match that nobody in the audience seemed to really give a shit about until the end of it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I remember saying a long time ago in this podcast that I thought that Roderick Strong might might be the best worker in Undisputed Era, and sometimes you watch him work, and it's like, fuck, he is really good. His mm-hmm. finisher is really good. 
Um, Lucha Brothers versus BCC. Uh, the Young Bucks come out at the end. Killer match. I mean, a match that we don't deserve on every day, on every on, on weekly television. Uh, but it ended up ruling. Uh, this is the type of shit that we are spoiled with these days. But uh, Lucha, Lucha Brothers versus BCC was awesome. Moxley cut a killer promo to end. AEW Dynamite, just absolutely killer. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Oh, it was an awesome match. Uh, having uh, what's his name, Brian Danielson on commentary, just being Brian Danielson on commentary, like not even talking about the match, just talking about on a scale of one to ten, he's a seventeen when it comes to being grizzly. Like I don't even know what that means. Man, when he says, <laughs> see, when when Wheeler you took that pile driver and he goes. Black right. Combat Club, he's like, we work our necks. Okay. He's like, you think the elite work their necks? <laughs> I was about to say, he brought up Steve Arrigo. It's like, see, Steve Arrigo told us to yeah, uh, uh, so tuck good. our necks in. That's how we t- take a, a, a fucking uh, a pile driver. And then later on, he was like, oh, yeah, we're you to, you're going to take some, you know, lashes for, you know, doing whatever. I'm like, dude, we're you to is such a fucking, the little brother of BCC. I love it. The fact that you make fun of him and the fact that now Brian Danes is kind of throwing him underneath the bus because he did something wrong in the match. He's the little brother, man. I, lo- I mean, I listen. I love him. I just, he like I just he make was, fun of his voice. When him and like Cardio were kind of like, you know, going, you know, Cardio does his thing and he puts his arms out and he went side to side and then Will you was doing the same thing behind him. I'm like, stop being a little brother, dude. You, you be your own man, man. It's okay. Zach, I'm a little brother. It's Zach, okay. Zach, what were you saying? Like he was shoot mad that not uh, pin the shoulders whenever uh, he was doing his pinning, but he didn't put weight on the shoulders. He was just like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, just so mad. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely killer match, uh, killer promo. And, uh, yeah, again, this is a pretty good dynamite, pretty good go-home show. I'm interested to see. I feel like all these AEW pay-per-views, until they have a bad one, I'm just going to assume that they're all awesome, and I'm going to keep giving them $50 every three months. Yep. Sunday. That's exactly right. Interesting I, day. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it while it's happening. It is. You know, you hear all these people talk about, like, uh, apparently there's a Impact pay-per-view this weekend also. Friday. Okay. So, Undersea. when I hear people talking about how they're going to have to explain to their family why they're watching 16, 20 hours of wrestling this weekend and not spending time with their family. I'm like, you guys are fucking dorks. Like just fucking stay (laughs) off of social media and watch it later. Like it's not, it's not the fucking late nineties. Like you don't have to watch angle versus Jericho on Sunday night and just make sure that you watch it or just not do it. Go ahead, Jason. For the lone representative of someone that doesn't have wife and or kids, I will say this. I understand their plight, but I agree with you. It It's not hard to stay off social media. You just have to commit to doing it. Yeah, you just have to stay away from text messages yeah. from Murray the Murray <laughs> Man Murray. And that's going to do it for our two <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gonna be so mad. You can call it a straight bullet. He ain't even gonna, know. He <laughs> even know we're even close. <laughs> this bull is like curved all the way from St. Louis to Kansas. Love City. you, Lucha Chris. Okay, so our three count is going to be. Hey, Jason, I want to show you something. Zach can't see this because he's not in the room. Okay. I 
I went through my office and I found a notebook there of which there are plenty. But this one says BFR predictions. So this book is only for predictions. And I'm going to keep track of who wins all predictions going from here on out. Okay, so we're starting at Night of Champions. So next year's Night of Champions, we crown a winner. No, I think that we're going we're gonna to go from now because we've been doing predictions, but we haven't been keeping track of them. Let's do it from now okay. until the end of the year and then of 2023. Of 2023. Okay. And then we will start January 1st. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. So, uh, Jason is going to the bathroom. Uh, so, Zach, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Night of Champions or Double or Nothing? If we have time, we'll do Battleground, but we don't have to do Battleground. What do you want to start with? Let's do, since we're already talking about AEW, let's just go into Double or Nothing. Okay, let's do double or nothing. So what I'm going to do right now is let's start with the last thing we were talking about, basically, which is Adam Cole, baby, versus Chris Jericho. Who do you have? Um, my knee-jerk reaction is Adam Cole. Um, they might push this one on and continue it on a little bit. Um. I'm going to say, man, I might have talked myself into this. Uh, He's been losing a lot lately, so I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. I am going with Adam Cole Bebe. Who do you have, Jason? Yeah, you talked yourself into that one, three beer. I I think it's Adam Cole Bebe, and I would be surprised if it wasn't. Occam's Razor. Uh, We have Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. Jason, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I think there's a oh, step. I, I should say that if uh, the Hardys win, they have Ethan Page's right. contract. Um, pre-show match makes sense. I'm going with the baby faces. Give me the Hardys. That's exactly who I have. Who do you have, Jason? Or Zach, I'm sorry. Uh, going with uh, the Hardys. Okay, we have Jake Cargill, who is... 58 no, 59-0, something like that. Uh, she is versus Taya Valkyrie. I'm going to go first here. I think it's time. I think it's time to take it off of Jade Cargill. I'm going to go with Tyra Valkyrie. Uh, who do you have, Jason? I would love to go with Taya Valkyrie, but there's nothing that says to me that is going to change. I will take Jade Cargill. And who do you have? Zach Poland. Uh, I'm going to echo Jason's sentiments and try to get my Chris Jericho point back and go with Jade Cargo. Dude, you know you're going to be right about Jericho anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, Okay, so we have the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Zach, I'm going to let you go first. I am going to say that this is going to be the match of the night. That's my Stone Cold Blood Pipe Block of the Week. This is going to be the match of the night. And uh, I'm going with the Elite. Uh, I don't feel like you reunite the Elite. Putting them over. I do think that the return of Adam Page to the Elite has been a little too understated for my my taste because I had talked way back when about how this is like the biggest storyline that you could possibly do is the reunification of the Elite. It just feels like it just kind of happened and now we're not really dealing with it all that well. So let's, let's, let's give them a big win. 
Who do you have, Jason? Hmm. I'm going to go with the swerve on this one. I'm going to go with BCC. I think Don Callis was missing last week. I think he reappears this weekend and tips BCC over the edge and gets them to win. I see you, so you don't have to (laughs) approve anything. But, yes, I see you. Go ahead. I'm taking the Black Bull Combat Club. Also, it makes sense to have the heels win here rather than the baby faces, especially if you're trying to establish BCC as a, I mean, as the heels that they are. People don't want to boo those guys. No. But they're they're trying. They're yeah, they're trying. trying no, this might be a good way to do it. Okay. Uh, Wardlow versus Christian Cage in a ladder match for the TNT title. Jason, you're up. I'll go with this one as my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. This needs to be Warlow. It has to be Warlow. I know it's Christian Cage in his match with ladders, yada, yada, yada. I'll take Warlow. I'm taking Wardlow. Also, Christian Cage is there to make Wardlow look good. That's. Yeah. All right, so Zach's taking Christian Cage then. I mean, if you say yeah, that's <laughs> that's not a vote. <laughs> that's good enough. No, I, got, I got you. I got you for Wardlow. Okay, we have FTR versus Triple J. I will take this one. If we're going to keep the story going forward, and Mark Briscoe is going to be a part of it, I'm taking... Don't do it. Jeff Jarrett I know you. and Jay Lethal. I'm taking JJJ. Uh, oh man, Zach, who are you taking? Unreal. Uh, I think you broke up there for a second. What you say? Did you say GGJ? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of PR. <laughs> no, right. I'm with you on that one. I was like, wait a minute. He, he, he really did break for like 30 seconds. I was like, what you say? He really did break up for a second, <laughs> though. Yeah, I swear to God. He was like, I'll take. And then you stopped. And then like everything stopped for a second. I was like, what the fuck did you just say? What the fuck did you just say? Say it in the mic, are motherfucker. You, taking, Jason? you know who I'm taking, man. I'm taking FTR. You bet not. I swear to God, you bet not have Triple J win this, these tag team titles. Horseshit. Right. So we have Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. I'll go first because I feel like, in the interest of fairness, I have heard that Jamie Hader through my. Through my contacts okay. as a journalist, I've heard that Jamie Hader is hurt. Correct. Injured. Correct. This has shenanigans written all over it. Uh, I'm not sure where the shenanigans are going to go. I think it makes sense to take it off of Jamie Hader right now. I am taking Tony Storm. Who you got, Jason? You haven't seen Jamie Hader in a while. They referenced the injury. Ultimately, you want Britt Baker to to be the one to either take it or face Jamie Hayter, but that's not going to be the case. I agree with you. If it's not Tony Storm, I would be stunned, but I would agree with you. I'm taking Tony Storm as well. Zach? Um, I think I'm going to take Jamie Hayter as a point of differentiation, uh, mostly because I feel like they haven't done enough with her yet to take it off of her. So. Okay, uh, fair enough. So now we have the Blackjack Battle Royal. I didn't know how to do this, so... <sighs> okay, so... If it's not Orange Cassidy, then give me somebody that is that is your winner. Right, you can take Orange Cassidy... Or the field. 
No, you can take Orange Cassidy or the Joker or the Field because there's always a Joker in one of these, right? So let's do it and like the, that. Let's do jo- it like that. Let's do it from least to most, Field, Joker, or Orange Cassidy. Perfect. Let's go like that. I love that. I'll start it off. I'll go that. first. Okay. I'll go with the Field as the least likely to win you don't even know who the fuck it's going to be. The Joker is my second least likely because it's usually somebody that's, you know, that's a name that you don't see coming. But I'm still going with Orange Cassidy to retain. He will retain through all this chaos. And then the next time he is on the title defense, that's when he loses. I don't know who it's going to be. He retains here, but then loses the next time out. Uh, Zach, who you got? I'll go with the same order as Jason and for the simple fact that I would find it unfathomably bad booking if Orange Cassidy loses his title that he's just elevated so well with these defenses by just like getting tossed out of a battle royal. Man, I hate when I write shit down and you guys say shit that makes sense. Because I, I, I wrote down uh, Orange Cassidy is least likely The Joker is second And the field as first Totally, totally I makes mean, sense Statistically that's, that's the way to play Totally makes sense But that that is and going that, that's going to be 0, 1, and 2 Yeah yeah. We're, so not, yeah, it's, it's we're not, not going to be crazy It's not big points yeah. Okay all right, but this is going to be least least likely to most likely, okay. and we're going to talk about the four pillars match, okay. which is going to be, and we haven't talked about it really. This is going to be the the main event, and there is no doubt. I know that you guys said that the anarchy in the arena might steal the show. This is going to be the best match. These guys are going to pull out all the stops. You have legitimate psychopaths. In Orange Cassidy, or I'm sorry, in Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen, this match, you have a Jungle Boy who is a very steady lucha type wrestler, and then you have MJF. <coughs> I am rooting for these guys. I think that this is going to be the best match of the night, and I'm going to go MJF is the most likely, Darby Allen is the second. Sam Guevara is third, and I'm going to say that Jungle Jack Perry is the least. Uh, Jason, you're next. I'll go in traditional fashion, least to most. Uh, I'll agree with you that Jungle Jack Perry feels like the least likely to win. I'm going to switch three and two. I'm going to go Darby Allen as three. Not no disrespect to Darby, but number two, I like Sammy Guevara a little better, even though his flip-flopping booking has been of suspect. But number one should be no doubt involved. It should be MJF retaining. Three beers, Zach. Who you got? I have it the way Bill had it, and I do think that the match is going to be excellent, even if nobody expects the title change. I think uh, I think the match is really going to deliver. Everybody's going to have something to prove. Everybody's yes. got a chip on their shoulder. Agreed. The, these these guys are mad that there are guys like us saying, "Hey, they should not be in the main event. This should not be the title picture." No, the, for better or for worse. These guys are probably, they're hearing it. They know what's being said, and they're going to try to put on the best match possible. They're all capable of Prove putting me on. Wrong. They're all capable of putting on great matches. I'm predicting a five-star match. Elite versus BCC uh, upon knee-jerk reaction. If it was me, that's the, my main event. Uh, what a great problem to have, right? Right. 
Well, it's a great problem to have until you really start having to really start booking. This is this is all fun and games, but at a certain point, Aussie Open obviously has come open, come over to AEW. They're all elite, and I've always kind of talked about why I didn't like the tag team division. Now you're bringing one of my favorite tag teams in the division that is kind of struggling. Another story for another time, but yeah, great problem to have until you actually start having to deal with it. All right, we're going to talk about WWE Night of Champions. Uh, let's start with Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. Uh, Jason, you're going to go first. I'll make this the easiest part. This is the uh, lockdown, uh, the, the lock the lock of the week, at least on WWE side. It has to be Becky Lynch. You have a stroke? If I wish I was. Um, what kind of thing is that to say? Yeah, I wouldn't have to work tomorrow. Um, there's no reason that Becky Lynch oh is. <laughs> it's, not saying, it's small. It's micro with me. Don't have to work tomorrow. I don't think Becky anything Lynch. is more indicative of how terrible of a system capitalism is than the fact that we're fine with a stroke as long as we don't have to fucking be a cog in the wheel for 24 hours. <laughs> Just put me in front of the Sopranos just over and over again. Oh. All right, you're taking Becky Lynch. Who yes, you got, sir. Zach? I got Becky. Yeah, I got Becky, too. Okay, uh, next up, we have Ripley versus Natalia. I'm just going to write this down for everybody. Rhea Ripley. Um, okay, and then next up, we have Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Zach, you can go first. Um... I feel like I picked Asuka last time and I thought it might happen. Um, mm, mm. <laughs> nah, I'm going to stick with Bianca. <laughs> I'm say, if you're going to start doing that shit, man, turn your motherfucking mic off. <laughs> I don't know wherever Terry is, but turn that shit off. God Jason, damn it. who you got? I got to take Bianca on this one. I mean, it, it, a title switch has to change. Bianca has the wrong title. I'm taking Oscar. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. What is wrong I'm with proud me? Of you. No, you should. No, honestly, it's so stupid though. It's no, so, it's, no, it's really not because Oscar should be somebody that should be able to beat Bianca Belair. But the booking of Oscar makes me take a pause. Now, all of a sudden, now why are you going to do it now? Well, you could have did this at WrestleMania. All right. Uh, we have Gunther versus Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. Uh, I have Gunther. Uh, Zach Zach was texting me earlier. He's taking Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he was facing somebody that's not Gunther, but they are in Saudi Arabia after all. True story. Can we... I'm putting Gunther down yeah. for everybody. Can we say that on Raw, when Ali was cutting that very heartfelt promo and Brock Lesnar <laughs> busted by him and said, what do he say? Get a life? Get a life or grow up? You can say whatever he said. So I was good. like, man, damn, dog. Man, Ali was just trying to get over again. All right. Again. All right. Then we have the three big ones. So we can... We can think about it. Do you remember whenever Mustafa Ali was supposed to win the money in the bank? Yep. Uh, and then fucking Brock Lesnar walked down the, to the ring and stole it. Like, it's like Brock Lesnar is always there to just well, no, hang on, hang on. The year that he was supposed to win it, he got hurt. Kofi won it. If I'm not mistaken, that's the year after. That was not Money in the Bank, though. That was when Kofi won Elimination Chamber, right? Or no, he, he won a gauntlet match. He won a gauntlet match. That's what it was. 
That was when Kofi got over. It was not Money in the Bank because Money in the Bank's early. It was closer to WrestleMania. Okay. But Mustafa Ali was the dude at the top of the ladder holding the Money in the Bank whenever Brock Lesnar's music hit. He wasn't, oh. no, he wasn't holding it. He was climbing up there, and then Brock just ran down there and snatched his ass up. If he was holding it, it'd be over, and I totally agree. I get what you're saying. It's a shitty way to put Brock Lesnar as the guy. You don't have to have him win money in the bank to be the guy. That could have easily went to Mustafa Ali and be like, you know, thanks for your uh, your hard work or whatever the case may be. All but- right. So we're going to take a break from Night of Champions right now, and we're going to do Battleground real fast. I just want... Literally less than 20 words about each one of these. Creeds versus Gallus. Gallus are the champions. I'll take the champs. Zach. I'm going to take Creeds. They're, they're improving. I'm taking the Creeds also. Uh, no, you know what? No, fuck that. No, I'm taking Gallus. <laughs> uh, uh, Ilya Druganov versus Dijak. Um, Dragunov. I am taking Dragonoff also. Who do you have, Zach? Dragonoff. You're doing what? <laughs> uh, okay, so you have to give me least the most right now. We have Wesley, Tyler Bate, Joe Gacy. Jason. Gacy, Wesley, uh, Tyler Bate. I'm going to do the same thing. Okay, there is something that is, <laughs> there's something inside of me that, uh, I said, what, what did I say, more, 20 words? Yeah, I was about uh, to say, that's uh, way more than 20 oh, words. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> taking, I'm taking Joe Gacy, I hate him, uh, I'm taking Wesley, and I'm taking Tyler Bate last. Oh, uh, you taking Tyler Bate last? I'm taking Tyler Bate last. And you take Joe Gacy to win? Yes. Okay. Because... For some reason, no, they no, like no, him. That, 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 okay, that. Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee with the British rules. Heritage Cup. Heritage Cup. You're welcome. Uh, who you take? I'm taking Dragon Lee. I am too. Who are you taking? Zach? Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, no, I'm taking Dragon Lee. <laughs> uh, Lyra Valkyrie versus Tiffany Stratton. I'm taking Stratton. I miss that Norm Darm. I'm taking Stratton, too. She's won me over without even me watching. Yeah, she's won me over, too, bro. Yeah, uh, she uh, won you over. It was real hard. Yeah, yeah. Hey, best moonsault well, ever. He's, nice almost way fi- to go. he's almost 50. It wasn't real hard. It was kind of soft hard. You know what I mean? Uh, are you taking Tiffany Stratton also? Nigga, I will come over <laughs> here and beat your ass. And then, So we're all taking Tiffany Stratton? Yes. And then we have Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker. I'm taking Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, no. they're not gonna they're not gonna switch it back that fast. No, I, I'm taking Carmelo as well. Zach, Zach, uh, yeah, Carmelo, you, sorry, come off mute, motherfucker. Thought he stroked out. Okay, <laughs> so we have uh, okay, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Jason, I'll let you go first. Brock all day, every day. Cody Rhodes is coming in with the K-Fave style. Broken yes. arm. There's, a, I mean, come on, man. I mean, uh, it's if Cody wins a second time with one arm, you are taking away any kind of storyline to go forward. Cody's got to take another L on this one. 
I'm taking Brock Lesnar. He got Zach. Yeah, same. It's one thing to beat Seth Rollins with one arm. It's a whole other monster to beat Brock Lesnar. Can't do it. I, I wouldn't expect this match to go more than five minutes. Let's set the over under at five and a half. We take it, you take the over to man. I just said that, so I gotta take the under, but it's probably the over. But I'll take the under because they'll, they'll probably stomp around a little bit. Just uh, I'm taking the over, but not much more. Yeah, I'll take the over. I'll take the under from when they first put their hands on each other. I'm talking bell to bell. Yeah, okay, over. I'll take the over. Two beer, five, yeah. five and a half over. Yeah. All right. But probably less than eight. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Roman <laughs> Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Uh, we have I've been thinking about this. Very, very interesting segment on SmackDown where, mm. you know, they're, they're telling their story. I appreciate them telling their story. I... I hold on. Let me go first. Just give me a second. Just give me a second. Take your time, baby. I've only been thinking about this for a whole week. No shit. Uh, All week long. Listen to Brain Buster Boys. They was talking some shit about this, man. I am going. Uh, who are the Brain Buster Boys? Are they on Visionary yeah. Global yes. Media? Yes, okay. sir. Good. Yes, sir. Good. I didn't want you oh. shouting out a podcast that wasn't on our network. Come on now. I am going to take KO and Sami Zayn. Zach, you're up. I'm going to go with them. I had kind of originally planned on picking Roman and Solo because it's just such a, like, masochistic choice. He, he but... Did. Zach, you didn't listen to last week's podcast. We, we, <laughs> we, Jason and I definitely went through this about how cool it would be if Roman was walking around with four belts. Yep. But... And actually, you know that he would hold solos too, because so he'd have like <laughs> no, six. no. Brett even Brett even gave you credit. Was like, you know, I love Bill's idea where the Usos would be holding the tag Who? team titles. The Brainbuster Boys? Yeah. Oh, that's not. Yes. I'll, I'll start listening to their podcast. Yeah, I was say, I they, like gave, they gave you all kinds of credit. It was like, I love the fact that Bill, Brett was like, I love the fact that Bill was like, It'd the so Usos would they, have to hold the tag team oh titles when they weren't the tag if team Roman champions. Roman just threw the belts at those motherfuckers, it's like, you carry my belts now. Whoo. That makes me want to switch my so pick. Good. Uh, who are you picking? I, ori- I originally wanted to do that, and I still want to, but I'm thinking that this is a way for them to finally pin Roman Reigns and set up another challenger. And I think that the uh, Syrian-Canadian Muslim, Sami Zayn, is going to get the pin over Roman Reigns at Night of Champions, and this is going to you never make begin. it out of Saudi Arabia. I mean, to tell you, damn, you, you <laughs> act like he, he shouldn't be coming in to begin with. They're going to be head that motherfucker. Oh my god, <laughs> who, who are you uh, taking? He was at Mecca like today. Uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, Pray yeah, for his good arrival good. to come back. But uh, no, I think that this will set up a rematch, and it was all, will also begin the crumbling of the bloodline from the inside out because uh, it'll be like the chink in the armor. Uh, and then we can set up another Sammy, another Sammy Roman match for like Survivor Series or something. <sighs> Who do you have? Who do you have, Jason? Uh, I really wish I would went before Zach because I was going to take the bloodline and would have had no 
reservations about it now zach has kind of got me on the fence but for the sake of not going the same way i'll, I'll take the bloodline i know it's not going to happen but god damn it no we all know it's not going to happen they definitely could happen it is it's, up in it's, the air it's a, for the fact that i'm even saying that it, i'm taking them it's not a slam dunk and that's and it, not even an issue, but it's it's the intrigue of the match. All right, Jason, I'm going to let you decide if you want to go first or last year for Seth Rollins versus AJ. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. I know I already know who I'm picking. It doesn't even matter. Who are you taking? I'm taking Seth Rollins. I am taking Seth Rollins also. Who are you taking, Zach? Uh, I'm taking Seth. Fuck, really? Well, then I want to take AJ. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that... There, there there are two feuds that are ready made for for AJ at SmackDown. Because Grayson Waller started talking shit to him. Agreed. And Karrion Cross that's, did that that's whole thing. SmackDown before... It's a Friday before their Saturday. So, to me, that's all... They're setting up Karrion Cross to move to AJ to build him up for Seth Rollins. Okay, well that's that's our predictions, guys. That is twenty two matches that we just predicted. Nice job. You're uh, welcome. Listen, I would love to sit here and talk wrestling with you guys for another two hours, but that's going to do it for our three counts. Somebody gotta go. Hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Mm. Uh, Alberta Del Rio is 46. Roman Reigns, happy birthday, is 38. Bo Dallas is 33. Eric Bischoff, hey, friend of the show. Friend of the show, let me ask you guys this. Who do you guys think is older, Eric Bischoff or Jake the Snake Roberts? <laughs> oh, that's man. an amazing question. Man, that's some fucked up shit. Um, I'm going to go with Eric Bischoff. Trick question. They're the exact same age. Thank God. Uh, yeah, well, Jake's not, Jake Roberts is like two days younger. Even better. Uh, they're both 68. Natalia is 41 seth rollins is 37 pete gas and the only reason i put pete gas on here is because <laughs> i got made fun of on twitter for not knowing who the fuck pete gas is but really the truth is that pete gas yes, should be made fun of you who you are who the fuck i am okay in that respected right? journalist yeah. baby the brian kendrick is 44 he's my age god damn he's way i would like to talk to him about jfk someday no uh, <laughs> nia Jax is 39 hornswoggle is 37 J- i said jake roberts uh no way jose is no way. 35 jose, you know no he's jose. Working at the no, working at the chilies, working at the chilies on the front side. <laughs> and Montez Ford is thirty-three. Hey, everybody! We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Good shit, fellas. For Murray the Murray Man, Murray for Lucha Chris, Check. for Patriot Pat, Check. for Joey O'Farrell, Check. for Vice. Check. Who am I forgetting for Soul Taco Check. or JJ Twigs, Check. I guess? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't support them. They don't, <laughs> they don't support us anymore. <laughs> for Jason's cats. Yes! They're hiding somewhere. Check. For Three Beers, Zach Bowman. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Um, bitches. Black Lives Matter. Check. Support your local Check. weed dealers and boo the heels. Boo, bitch!
if there's drug dealers to support, go ahead and support them. 